0: Episode 3. And um, for those who don't know, we decided to put this together to talk to um, initially talk to people from Birmingham about their journey growing up in the inner city, um, how they navigated through life, and so forth. So today, we have another special guest, a young man, I should say, or okay. old man <laughs> Old man, <me>. <laughs> <laughs> that um, grew up um, in the inner city. He's, he's done quite a few things. It's good to get his perspective on life. So we've got Mr. Daniel Rochester here. For those who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? I mean, I'd see, try to describe myself as an uh,
1: individual right now who has a director to number of agencies help and support people. In regards to, I'd say as a job child, you, people would call me a youth worker.
0: I'm a guy that's from Brum. I do the majority of my work outside of Brum. And um, it's interesting to know, To um, we'll get to it anyway, yeah. in terms of why a majority of your work is really done outside of Birmingham. To start with, where did you grow up? It's funny because I tell everyone in it. Well, I originally
1: was born in Highgate. Okay. And I always forget that myself. Yeah. I was originally born in Highgate. Then we moved over to Hansworth for a bit. Then I lived majority of my childhood in Harkley.
0: And what's the family structure like in terms of um siblings?
1: I mean if I broke initially Highgate when I first started out. Yeah. Before Mum and Dad broke up and all that kind of stuff, I'd say. Initially me, my dad, my mum, and two brothers at the time. But later on down the journey, ends up with three brothers. Yeah. No dad if that makes sense.
0: And if we start moving now towards gonna take you to a time period the 80s and 90s was it Huckley then yeah would you say I'd say majority of Huckley and if you reflect back what was it like for you growing up in Huckley I think there's two sides to that journey in it because originally I I lived on
1: Abbey Street in Huckley and Abbey Street time for me was all fun nothing but fun because it's like that's where I started playing football that's where you kind of you meet everybody that's from Huckley And the thing is Because you're in Huckley You're in For me it was like You're in the middle of everything Yeah Middle of Hansworth Ladywood Newtown So you was cool with everybody From different areas It's almost like Yeah It's it's hard to explain But Abbey Street was like The fun area Growing up
0: At the time anyway And the football And the sports You was into
1: Yeah I was going to say Because we also played Little league football In it where you'd walk up from Huckley all the way to Summerfield Park, and everyone again, if you're from Ladywood, to go and play football over there, and everybody knows each other from there as well. So yeah.
0: And for those that may not know um, what Little League's like, because growing up in the 80s, especially in Birmingham, a lot of people played in Little League. What yeah. what what was Little
1: League? I think that's everybody. I that was almost like junior school age. Little League, you had Interlink. Interlink was when you finished Little League at a certain age. Yeah. then you go over hollyhead school and play interlink football for like when you turn senior school kind of thing also them age groups as well you played everyone played sunday football because little league was saturday you yeah. played sunday league football
0: so moving into now um because i'd say Birmingham game has had its fair share of riots yeah yeah and so forth so in the 90s that was the power court i don't know if you remember the power court and there was a rioting and yes looting and you know, when you talk
1: about... Re- I, you know, like I think about Huckley and Abbey Street back then. I can also remember the days of... That was Inchai.
0: Back yes, then. yes.
1: Always, if you go down the park, you'd see the older man of the Inchai guys. And yeah, them days, people wear bandanas and collars and all that kind of stuff. I can remember them days, but I can always remember that as well.
0: And going on to... I mean, because it's, it's well documented in terms of like the, the gang culture yeah. within within Birmingham. And, and you mentioned the Inchai, and that was start like the early start of yeah, it yeah, to, yeah. to be honest and and growing up how was it like for you navigating around Hockley Birmingham and, and kind of like st- avoiding you know getting sucked into that you know kind what?
1: Of- I'd say and I never really avoided cuz you know everybody in it yeah so regardless of who's attached to you, you know everybody but at the same time I'm not involved in certain things I was just cool with everyone and because I played football as well see everyone at football but even outside that when you think about how I avoided little things like I've never smoked growing up in it. Yeah. So if certain man smoked, I'm not around you when it's time for you smoking in it. If it's when it's time to play football, I'm around you when it's time to play football kind of thing. Okay. So when I look at how I yeah, navigated away from it. I only saw man, if you he, if it's at football, I'm at football in it.
0: Wherever football's at, I'm at football. It seems like sports yeah, is yeah. always the center of, you know, keeping the youth engaged. In, in something and just keeping their mind occupied. Did you find that growing up?
1: I'd say 100%, but you don't realise it at the time, it. As yeah. you grow up older and you get older, especially for myself and look at the opportunities that I had, that all came through sports without knowing until later down the line in regards yeah. to my journey of life and how it, how it's turned out kind of thing. Mm. I'd say sports has been major. Major. It's been massive for me,
0: 100%. And with the sports, what what's your take or oh, your experience of grassroots football?
1: You mean like when I was
0: younger? Yeah.
1: You talk about when I was younger, when you talk about Little League to start with. it's, a, it's a, You had older people in the community that ran football teams and they all came together. So you'd have about 100 kids turn up on a Saturday play football. Yeah. But then when it comes to Sunday football, this is where I can only give respect to people like Gene Bell, Lorraine from Ladywood. They're the ones that picked me up and got me involved in Belford Rovers. But not only that, from going to them, you'd see older, older heads in the community. Like we had the older age groups of Belford. So they'd pick you up in a white van and take you away all over the country. It's almost like you're going on holiday every weekend because you're mixing with kids from different areas and all sorts. Yeah, they gave you crazy opportunities. So yeah, people like them. And not only that, they never got paid to do it. They'd come and pick you up from your house. That if you're struggling for boots, they'd get your boots. If you have no money for subs, they'd they'd just look after you, but you don't realise it at the time. As you get older, because I know my mum never really had money like that. Mum never had boots, money, or enough, that kind of stuff. But as you're older, you realize where you got these things from.
0: And was that still part of Little League or? Nah, that was separate.
1: Okay. So what was that? Belford was on a Sunday. That's what you had. Because in in Belford, you had my age group, you had the year above that, and then you had the year above that. So you had people like Tony Martin,
0: around the year above and Stammer, and all them kind of guys. And. if you reflect on how it is now, do you think that's something that's missing from the early start of like people's entry into, into football? Or? I think now is more politics, man. I think,
1: without going to too deep right now, because I'm not going to touch on some other things, a lot of people doing things now for agendas or what okay. they can get out of it. Yeah. So I feel back then, it was more of a genuine thing. And like I said, you don't realise it until later in life. But when I look at people like Gene and Lorraine, they haven't stopped doing what they're doing.
0: Oh, they still, They're still still doing so it now?
1: Gene's still. I see. her picking up people, grown men, bringing them football matches, and older they don't get money for that.
0: Yeah, they do it because they genuinely want to do it. And 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 what was the progression from from there? Did you, you know, so you're playing football, you're part of this this team. Yeah. Um. What's the natural progression from that team? How? how did I mean, you also from for that?
1: myself because I played football in school, innit? it? Yeah. Because I was good at football in school, I played for my year, the year above. Yeah. And then you play district, you play county. But at the same time, when I, at Belford, you had enough players that played for like Villa and all sorts growing up. But I never really played for none of them in it. Okay. When I, got to, when I got to about 15 and I went to Wolves, I just... scouted me and I played a few games for Wolves. When back and on the back end of that, I ended up at Portville.
0: And what was it like when you started playing for Wolves, especially at the age of fifteen? Because that's kind of like a transitional yeah. age group where you can either some people fall off and and they lose interest, and you know, to start you know messing about with their friends and so forth. How did you find that kind of you journey know pathway? Going
1: to Wolves, I found it easy. I'll be honest because where I grew up in Hockley, everybody could play ball in it.
0: Yeah, and it's not even like you played
1: just your age group. You play you play with older guys. So when I went to Wolves could play football and I was very comfortable playing football and because it was more local because a lot of guys there from Brom and all sorts so for me it wasn't a hard transition yeah. if anything it was more like it was luxurious because was when I went into the football club and little things like they got lunch waiting for you and they got kit waiting for you to put on to training so it's like wow this is different and then yeah so for me it was, it was more more of a luxury
0: oh, really? you, you don't have when you're growing up in, in certain environments and then from where were some of the heights that brought you in terms of um, when you was playing for you know the wolves and the academy. Where, where I mean, are some of the places that you? I
1: think when I, it's when I went to because when I finished with wolves, I went to Port Vale in it. That's when I saw a culture shock in it for me.
0: Yeah, because
1: like, going to Port Vale. I've moved from Brom to Stoke. Okay, and it was different. I even I can remember uh, one of my first days walking into a change room full of full of kids. Yeah, that I would never associate with in regards to if I was growing up in in, in yeah. Little things like it was the time when. You know everyone's getting their gcse results yeah that was the time when i signed at it. how so what eight? that was, was that? 16 16, 16 then, yeah and i can always remember that day and i speak about it regular to people because when i walked into a change room of about there was about 15 kids yeah a lot of the kids talking about i got 11 a stars i got this i got that their mom's buying me a car for it or i'm getting 100 pounds for every grade i get yeah and i was in the change room thinking i ain't even done no 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 exams. I've done nothing and yeah. it, it's, it's scary not only that I can always remember kids talking about what jobs they've got you talk about 16 year olds you said about yeah I've worked in a shop for the last three years yeah. no one's worked for my dad's business and all that kind of stuff it is like yeah. it made me start reflecting on what life's like back in Huckley was where we grew up, little things like just having a dad all these youths had mums and dads Yeah, we all had mums not only that, not for these youths to talk about exams. Not for to go and have an exam, because I, I wouldn't say Georges. Okay. No one really don't know exams like that. So I'm starting to see the differences in regards to my reality back home as to the reality of the kids that I'm with.
0: So, that, so you're saying that that was like a massive culture shock? Culture it, shock, yeah. The word, listen, okay. it, was, it was scary. Because even little things like, I, you know, I played a game for Wolves.
1: I can remember playing a game against, I think we played against Mansfield. Yeah. And I only had studs in it. I've turned up and it was in the summer, and uh, some of the players are like, "You can't wear them." I'm like, "Why well, can't you wear these?" And the guy came up to me, "You got to wear these." And he gave me a pair of molds. Never yeah. saw a pair of molds in my life. It, it's just weird, because these kids had two pairs of boots, and yeah, yeah, it's a different reality. Trust me. And even when you talk about the mum and dad thing, yeah, because I played all over the country. Even I've played in, in Holland tournaments and all sorts. Parents for kids were at every game, but where I'm from, there's no parents. Like. I know my mum's back in Brom, looking after
0: the family kind of thing, innit? Yeah. But there's no one at no games. Would you say, that, and that's why you probably said the individuals like Gene yeah. were instrumental in terms of not only your journey but yeah. probably other kids' journey in in the football. Yeah. Of having that support. Yeah, yeah. There while you know navigating through the football journey. Yeah, it's massive. Trust me, it's massive. Yeah. It's even down to like, no, I never played for like Mrs. Flash.
1: Okay. She's another one. She was I think she's from Lee Bank. Yeah. She'd be another who supported loads of kids when it comes to football. Okay. Turn up at loads of matches and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, people like them. Man.
0: And how did it feel when you first signed your, your pro deal for when, when um, Port fir- Vale? When I
1: first signed for Port Vale, initially, because you know what it was? I could have signed for Derby, who we were in the Premiership at the time, or Port Vale. And I chose Port Vale based on thinking it's a lower club, I got more chance of playing first team football in it. And now I'll be honest, when I went there, I felt like, yeah, I'm definitely one of the better players here for at, yeah. at, the, at the time. My period there, it was ups, it was ups and downs, and it it was it's great playing a footballer, but at the same time, while I was up there, I hated
0: it at times. Yeah, and and that's the question that I wanted to touch on. Really, when you signed your pro deal, was it what you expected in terms of the high life, footballer high life, and you no, know, as a kid though, you gotta remember though, I'm a kid from Hockley and it mm-hmm. and growing up
1: in Huckley, there's certain pressures that are there in it. Yeah, and like when I went to go and live in Stoke for a couple of years, you're not around the same environment. Yeah. Now, around the same kind of kids. So it's like little things like I can remember if you go to a party in Brum growing yeah. up, everyone's screw in a party. Let's <laughs> keep it, oh, everyone's screw Yeah. When I went to Stoke Football now, first time they took me to a nightclub.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone's having the time of their life. So I'm like, wow, it's different up here, isn't it? Yeah. And little, yeah, it was, it was completely different. But at the same time, you forget that you're there for football. Yeah. But because you got a natural ability you, you you yeah i'm good at football but you don't see the the hard work you're not dedicated like that but then the other side other things like the racism going from predominantly black environment to a predominantly white environment and experiencing their racism that that as a 16 year old 17 year old that was
0: that was deep still and i suppose that may have been your first kind of like encounter really of of say first encounter of racism but the encounter of racism where you're up there by yourself now and you haven't yeah. got the support network of your family or the community to kind of like fall back on them. Yeah it's different because it. like for example let's say
1: growing up in Brum you knew I'm going king standing you know that yeah. kind of thing because yeah. yeah we don't go king standing so but we're cool over where we are in it. Yeah. When you go to Stoke and you're once there's a couple other guys that are from Brum but it's different man When when folks are shouting racial slurs at you and all sorts and it's not just one or two guys it's a whole load of guys and there's not really what can do but then the other side of it is even within a football club even you got the youth team you got the first team you're training with the first team and stuff like that and then you got first team players that are using certain languages and all that kind of stuff and you gotta yeah. got manage myself in regards to who do I fall out with how do I get my head down on football and all so yeah it's different man.
0: and I think Jay you were saying there, there was um, was there a tweet or Instagram post Marcus Rashford was to mention something about less than half of 1% of children from the age of nine onwards make it to professional football that yeah. goes through the academy. Why would you say no?
1: You know so what? I'd say my journey and what it is now, I can always remember my manager saying to me before, you don't make no friends in football, innit? so yeah. when you turn up, you've got to focus on your football. Innit? A lot of people don't realise that until it's too late. Okay. Because like, for example, I was there for two, two and a half years and you don't realise how quick it goes in it and then I even look at time when I play football that was when the Bosman ruling first came in what's the, explain the that. freedom of movement of players when your contract's off oh, okay. so a lot of clubs at the time it's like do we take on these youngsters for extra contracts or do we just take on someone a free transfer okay it will be easier to take someone who's more established rather than wait. and yeah. plus the club that I was at I can't say they've had the biggest money and all that kind of so it's a different as to if you played against Villa or Forest or someone they turn up with
0: 20 players As to when we turn up we got 13 players because my understanding at the age of 16 signing a deal for me that's like you've signed a deal now and this is your team so you're saying it's like a deal for a two year two, yeah,
1: year, two contract. year
0: contract yes just two year contract
1: but also you know like you say enough players don't make it etc
0: yeah
1: I remember a lot of kids have, like I talk about proper support at then a lot of kids never had that I, yeah. I played with a guy I lived with a guy up there from Liverpool okay. I can't think which part of Liverpool It's from inner city Liverpool Okay. Right now he's sitting in jail. Oh, since we have played football, he's sitting in jail. He's on about three stints in jail, like big yeah. sentences as well. And is that someone that
0: signed? He signed. Signed at the he same.
1: Stayed even after me. Okay. While he was there, he had a gambling problem. He had a drink problem. Yeah. And then yeah, and then uh, there's another guy that I live with as well. He's from Brom actually. Yeah. He's another black. You. He struggled because when you finish football, it's a struggle still. and is He's it? now selling big issue. Oh. So it's like when you leave, contracts up what you've taken for granted in regards to pre-season going back on
0: Monday to train all week it's yeah, all gone it's all gone all gone literally all gone overnight all gone and how was that for you because I suppose you, you've signed it's a big deal because probably for your family you know very proud of you yeah. in terms of signing but then two years was that the end of that contract or what, what yeah, happened it was after done, that you
1: know, you know it's mad because I'd done two years in Stoke in it and I've come back to Bromwich and yeah. The football club at the time, they've arranged for me to. I could have went to Scarborough. Yeah. I could have played. Where was it? I could have went to Sweden, and then there was also a scholarship opportunity in America, right? Okay. But for me, I didn't want to do any of them. It was literally, I just wanted to go back home, kind of thing. Yeah. Because of the experience of, you know, all that you've gone away on your own, and I just couldn't see it all, doing it all again. If that makes sense. Yeah. I thought I'm gonna get a club locally because you know you're, you know you're good at football and it. Yeah. But it doesn't work out like that. Believe me, it doesn't work yeah. out. You don't realize there's enough of years that want to get a club. Yeah. So you end up going
0: to non-league football, and that was my perception until talking to you now. That was my perception of football. You've got 11 players. It's easy, accessible. You can go to a, a park and play football, so it's easy to get into it. Until I've had this conversation with you, I, I didn't think it was that hard. He said, you see, like when I talk about Balford and Little League and all that kind of stuff, yeah. there were kids that were at
1: football clubs from the age of seven years old. When they got to 16 years old, they got let go. See yeah. how I never got into a pro club until I was about 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Then I just suddenly got on the journey. Yes. So imagine being a kid that's been there from seven, and you got let go at six. You're just gone. Dash yeah. I Still speak to guys that yeah, they've done the whole journey of academies when it comes to getting out. Know, can you get a contract? No, you're gone. It's as cold so, as it's as cold as that.
0: I didn't know that, you know. Trust me, yeah.
1: I think it's it's bad, but at the same time, I look at the other side of it is if I never went to football, yeah, I left school with no qualifications. Okay. Now, look at the PFA, they help me get qualifications. What's what's PFA? Uh, the Players Football Association. Is that do you sign up to them once? Yeah, Did yeah, once because you remember for life and oh. they will help you with courses they'll put you on programs all that kind of stuff yeah and even being out of the city and experiencing life of living outside of inner city seeing how other people live and networking with people even 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 to the point where I speak about inner city I've, I was blatant inner city growing up I never went out of inner city I came in one time we played a game against someone and then the bus stopped off in Great Bar to let me off to say you can go home Kind yeah. of thing if you want for the weekend could you go home on a on a Saturday you come back on a Monday all week stay in Stoke come back after a game on Saturday is that you travelling up yourself or do nah, they you travel up on the Monday morning on a train you train all week play games in the week, and sometimes play on the weekend but when you finish your game on the weekend if you haven't been required to train again on the Sunday you can yeah. go home so i go back to my mum for that Sunday and go back up on the Monday but I can remember the, the coach driver dropped me off well once he dropped me off in Great Bar I didn't know where it was. No. Right. Listen, I didn't know where it was. I told the guy, <laughs> take me back to Stoke. I'll get the train from Stoke, yeah. back to the train station in Brom, then go home. Because all that I knew was certain
0: areas. Yeah. You talk about Hanseth, LaZelles, Harkley, Ladywood. Yeah. Did not know about Great Bar and them areas going on. And for the listeners as well, it, you've got to imagine, and, and this is why it's interesting to have this conversation because Great Bar is still close proximity to. It's down the road? It's just down the road <laughs> it's to Harkley, it's down the road. Yeah. yeah. But growing up what I knew was inner city areas
1: so, yeah. so I didn't go anywhere else I knew about Handsworth Carnival over there do yeah. so you know as you're getting older you hear
0: about these areas and this goes on here I, mean, I was like I didn't know about these areas growing up it was scary man and what was them two years right in terms of because you mentioned training yeah like pretty much throughout the day yeah. so where does the education part fit in or you know what it is
1: when you sign you got two options in it they give you an option of you Can send you a college to the college, yeah, at a local college in Stoke where all the footballers from Crew, Stoke, and Port Vale went, or you stayed on site. The okay. ones that stayed on site the ones that left school with no qualifications, okay. So I stayed on site, so I stayed on site. There was me, a couple guys from Crew,
0: yeah,
1: and a couple guys from Stoke. So we're the ones, and you'd find all of us that stayed on site were all from a certain environment,
0: yeah.
1: But as yeah. everybody else, they went, yeah, went down to college. Yeah. But then some of them, their parents pay for extra qualification like, doing night school and all. Oh. It's crazy, man. Even that, because the whole two years I never drove or nothing Can it. A couple of youths had cars, little things like that. Okay. From, man, you just realize the growing difference. up in an environment, yeah. it's different. I can remember turning up for a match, FA Cup game. You've got to dress a certain way, shirt and tie. I went back to Hansworth. I went and bought some yellow shirt, with loads <laughs> of colors on and all this kind of stuff. Big yeah. G, was turned up. Everybody's got full suit on. Okay. Looking at me like this guy's crazy. So it's like you start realizing,
0: yeah, there's some differences going on here. Is it like that now though? In terms of because is there any support in those academies for so different just now. for the youths that are probably gone to the academy with not much education? Because you've got to set someone up for if you don't keep the money in two years' I, time. Anymore. I think even with myself,
1: there's because I could phone a PFA now still get support around things. Oh, is it? Yeah, I could phone them and say there's a course I want to do. they pay for half of the course to support you by a laptop. Whatever else you can do. That's good. But, but I think it's more a holistic approach for footballers now. Yeah. And they support a lot more yeah. than before players could get away with anything. Yeah. When we talk about racism in football clubs and all sorts. And yeah. I don't know how bad it is at times. Some people, I know in Non-league football, it's there. Yeah, I know from my journey of playing at pro clubs, it's been, it's, it's there. Okay, but it might be different now. Yeah, so I can say because I went into the same football club the other day, and I want to give a talk to the youth team about yeah my journey. Speaking to the managers and all sorts, you can see the support or well, the way they care for them is completely different. It's different, yeah. But the reality of the kids when they come out of football, they don't know what's face what what they're facing when they come out of pro club. Yeah,
0: it can be hard. And that's where I want to really move on to now. So from there, age of 16, so about 18, yeah, you yeah, yeah. left left Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. So what was life like for you then following leaving Port Vale? So you returning back to inner city.
1: You know what I'd say? The, you know,
0: even my journey,
1: I, I try to think of moments that were significant in it. Because yeah. even when I played for Port Vale, I'd come home on a weekend every so often. I could always remember someone that stood out for me. I played a game against on, uh, Aston Villa TV. Reserve okay. game in it yeah, yeah and then i came back after that I got caught up in a robbery in it and there was a kid that wasn't involved in a robbery
0: yeah
1: and he ended up going to jail for it oh and he got about three four years and it's like I started made me realizing every time i come home how bad it could be for me if I get caught up in certain behaviors in it because when I saw how that kid's life ended up yeah based on his experience of going to jail as a kid and that always always stuck with me and even to today I still see him every so often, you can see yeah. yeah, he struggles from it. So it's even though I've moved away from Huckley, every time yeah. I come over a weekend, I'm at risk of getting involved in certain behaviours. Yeah. You don't realise until you're away, man.
0: I think that's the beauty, well, the position that you was in in terms of fortunate to be able to move from Huckley, see a different life, and then it enabled you to think more yeah. if you're back back in Huckley.
1: Being away from the environment definitely made me realise, yo, living a different way of life. Some of it's constructive, but a lot of it can be de- detrimental to us. And I, and, I, and I look at my journey and look at people that I've grown up with and I've seen some outcomes and all sorts. And it's like, yeah, I realise some of the stuff that we're around, yeah, it's not good.
0: So moving on now. So we've completely, we've finished the kind of 18. like... Yeah, from 18 moving on now. What direction did you... I mean, take, yeah. when I finished at Portwell, I think I went to, because I chose, to tu-
1: I turned down the options that I had before in it. Yeah. In regards to, can I go and play Sweden? Turned it down. Could have went in on scholarship, turned it down. Uh, and I, I just wanted to be at home in it, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah.
1: And I think I w- then after that, I went to Tramia. I think I went to Tramia for about three months.
0: Okay. Which was
1: different because when I went to Tramia, everyone up there was proper professional in it. I've come from Vale where we were partying every night. Try me ever a um Liverpool. a pro football yeah, team. Yeah It's not like Liverpool. Yeah. And and I struggled to adjust to actually being professional. The players professional, not always out every night and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah. that was different but then outside of that and then I got into non league football. And that's when I realised, you know what you don't realise, how lucky you had it, training every day and all that kind of stuff. Non league football was yeah, it was a different journey. It was just almost yeah. like any and anyone's at
0: that club. Did they train every day as well or is nah, it a different training a regime? Trained twice
1: a week, yeah. two evenings a week. Okay. As to before, you train every day, yeah. and you bring your own kit. As to there's yeah. training kit waiting for you. If you're injured, you just you just hope there's someone there that can help you. As to before, you'd have a doctor on site for you. It was mm. a whole different adjustment. Even little things like booking doctors to go to the doctors and waiting to see when the doctor can see you. So if you're sick at a football
0: club, the doctor's on site for you every, whenever you want them. The tramier wasn't like that then. Nah, was... was like I'm on a I'll non-league tramy. football now. Oh, okay. You're really
1: going to non-league football. It's completely different, man. It was yeah. a shock. Yeah. A shock you don't realise how fit you are when you're playing a full time as to when you go part time trying to
0: maintain fitness and stuff like that so you've kind of like gone through the whole really system of the football yeah, yeah. system so you know what it's like from grassroots up to pro level to non-league yeah you know? yeah yeah so let's fast forward now 2000s yeah so we hit in the 2000s what's life like for you in because I think 2005 we had another disruption I think there was yeah. another riot around Lazal's there's a lot of unrest in 2005 I got married that year you know
1: okay yeah, I got married in 2005 yeah I remember uh, even when I finished playing football just to try and maintain some kind of I don't know some kind of status should we say could you, yeah. you try to maintain t- I, I used to get involved in certain petty crimes and all that kind of stuff and yeah. you know you talk about credit card scams going into shops doing all that yeah all yeah. kinds of stuff and I can remember doing all that for ages but I could also remember when I first met my wife. Now in it, it was weird because back then, when I first met her, she was just a student. Okay. At the same time, I noticed she had her own car, she had her own house, she had a job. Yeah. Now, I, at the time, would thought I'd never do that job. She worked yeah. in a normal shop in it. But I recognized how she lived and how yeah. she lived because she went from Brom in it. And she'd go shopping with her friends every week, and She'd go on holidays with her friends and all sorts. I was back in Brum now playing non league football. But again, all that I ever saw was in the city. But growing up in a city, I'd be, you'd see me in rental every day. You'd see yeah. me scamming every day. You'd see me all the latest clothes and all that kind of stuff. But when I looked at the substance behind whatever I actually got, yeah. I really had nothing. Because when I break it down, I, I just had a, yeah, never had my own house. Never had my own car. Yeah. Never had a driving license and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff.
0: It's interesting, you say, living up to the, the status. Yeah. Is that because, would you say, the status of you've come back, you've been known to pro football and you, you're just trying to live up to that image? Yeah, everyone yeah. sees you as the footballer, in it? And even behind that, because people
1: didn't realise, even though I played at a pro club, in regards to the, how much I was earning, normal man at college you're probably earning more money than me. Okay. So people saw you as the football guy, you had the football tracksuit probably earning I was I earning about 70-80 pound a week people yeah. don't realise them things but
0: the other side of it you don't pay for your own own house you don't pay yeah. for nothing it's, it's weird man and and this is the thing I think it definitely for the youths nowadays they see things but it's just the image yeah. they don't know the reality no behind. it's behind just it. it's just an image Imagine. and Instagram and you see all these people with flashy cars and so posts easy. and so forth but there's nothing no substance behind it and that's like when you talk about the start
1: where you started about the amount of players that don't make it you've got to really get your head down and find something to do because I remember we used to see kids going to college every day yeah. We, I know a lot of them kids that went to college they're living than the players that play football Isn't because they got more of a focus see yeah. so you take football for granted it's fun and games etc
0: I suppose there's not really if you don't have anything else to fall back on yeah. and football comes to an end so. you're back in the inner city and you're thinking I've got this image Gotta maintain money. Gotta maintain money. What do I do? And you know what the environment's like in, in the city. Yeah. There's only certain options to you if you get caught up on the road kind of thing, innit it? So you're at the point now. You've met your wife now. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And um, where did your journey take you from there? Was did you go into higher education or how did you get into
1: initially? Because obviously I was doing certain things. I stopped everything in it. Yeah. And uh, I think I initially went in culture Birmingham City for a year. So I done coaching for Birmingham City and I got into a routine of now I have to get up every morning and do something constructive, which was good. And I got, f- got fulfilment of helping people because it's, it's a football and community project. Yeah. So not only do you football coach, you're actually helping people in the community as well, is it? Yeah. And why did you this? Is that because you met your Partly because wife, I met my wife and yeah. she, she were into, not into that nonsense that you're into yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. certain things that you're doing that don't impress me kind of thing, in it? Okay. So it's more a case of, yo, I need to fix something out every night. All that kind of stuff. And yeah, and then I, I fell into youth work on the back of that, because I started working in La Zales. Okay. Hands on for Zales, started youth work around there.
0: And what was it like doing the youth work in La Because you would have been doing youth work around the times the 2005 yeah, riots. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like, that, see, that experience then? See, for
1: me, you see, like doing youth work and that kind of stuff, I don't see it as working any- it. Not only that, because I'm from the environment, and you're working with, within your own community, I can't, I don't see that as work because I don't see it as hard. Because if you can't engage in your own environment, I don't, I don't, I don't see the yeah. yeah. So for me, it wasn't hard. And when you talk about the rights and stuff, I can remember working in the area because where we worked, it was predominantly black and Asian in it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I know there was a lot of things going on there, but I never had no issues. At the same time, doing youth, fair, we were studying as well. I think we were doing criminal justice at Birmingham Uni, and yeah. that's where I saw issues. More within uh, the divide in the university rather than in the community, even though no
0: things are going on. And what issues were there that you
1: I mean, you could just blatantly see that, you know, black people didn't want to be around Asian people. Yeah. Asian people didn't want to be around some black people. But not all so many. I
0: think them ones that were involved in that, they weren't directly from the area. And and that's the crazy thing about it, because the media portrays something different. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't see that side of in terms of what you're 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 saying. They make it out to sensationalize it, it that's I the suppose. thing where they
1: condemn inner city areas in general isn't it
0: yeah and
1: they make it sound like they're no goals zone areas and all that yeah. kind of stuff but when you see the issues around them areas it only really affects the people that are from the area yeah for example look where Birmingham University was placed back then it was in Perry Bar in mm. and if you went around there the university times were shut down you see kids from out of the area having yeah. the time of their lives you know like there was a nightclub at the bottom of the the university you see them partying up and down the streets, yeah. but all these kids or adults—they're not from the area. Yeah. The ones that are from the area, they're the ones that are deeply affected by the issues. Affected by the issues, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like when I go into work now, if 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 they speak about Hansworth or something, oh, you don't want to go around there, you know that kind of thing.
0: Yeah,
1: I try to explain to them: any issues doesn't affect you. you can go up and down all day, There's no history attached to you.
0: What what role does the community leaders play play in that? Because I do. Like growing up, you see some of them on the TV, but um, don't necessarily see a lot of them in in you the community what? moving around. But you do like when I know things we, happen. I know we might be yeah. fast
1: forwarding now, but because I manage youth service in the prisons and it, and yeah. I work in Brum's local prison for the youths. Yeah. And that's, even though it's in stock, but that's the Birmingham kids' immediate jail if they get in trouble in it okay that's from uh, 15 to 18 year olds and I've been in that jail almost every day for the last seven and a half years okay I don't see no one from Brom up there no see we've got loads of Brom kids that have been going in and out in that so when I hear a lot of people speaking on certain issues and how they talk about the support, they support this sport, that don't see none of them in there and yeah. these kids for me they're struggling bad okay so it's like if you're if you're a true reflection of really a leader of Brum and all that kind of stuff what happens when these kids go away happens, happens you don't see them no more and all that kind of stuff I yeah. thing is you can get in there
0: if you want to go and see them you can go and see them and how did you get into let's touch on the time of you know the the work in, working in the prison so from the youth work I think it led you into I got into like gang
1: mediation in it okay and but that but what, was, what's, what's that Explain. That was when, uh way back when you no know, one was alive. I call it gang issues in Brom yeah. and uh, I was kind of cool with everybody yeah. or a lot of people not everybody because I can't say I know everybody Yeah. also on the back of that that was the time when I think my brother got shot in it my brother got shot five times Okay, and then a load of conflicts came out of it innit? and then yeah. I got approached by, by one guy called Kirk Dawes. he was the head of the gang mediation project about working with individuals and trying to yeah. slow down say uh, dramas on the road and stuff in it.
0: So what would your role be as part of like gang mediator? You know, whenever was there you? was,
1: let's say a shooting took place or there was a known conflict or something came up and they knew it couldn't be a police-led approach or intervention. They try and get someone that can actually talk to individuals. And Because yeah. I could make one or two phone calls and get into the house or someone and, and try and slow down certain things. So I had a few cases where people have been shot and all sorts and. But again, to me, I don't see that as work. I'm working yeah. in my own environment, and if if I ever, yeah, for me to be scared to work in my own environment, I can't call it my environment. So for me, yeah. it's just speaking to a man that I know, kind of thing. But at the same time, whenever that conflict came up, my main thing was to try and show somebody a different way of life, rather than let me work on the issue. Yeah, because I recognize, especially for myself, as, soon as you show someone somewhat constructive or a different way, yeah, they can live a lot more healthy. The more likely to try in it,
0: and you recognize, you know what. That, all the other stuff's long, man. And did that spiral into leading you into doing the work in, in the prisons?
1: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I can remember uh, something that came up. It was not only that, because the prison's in Stoke, it Because yeah. I knew Stoke area from playing football there. I kind of went up there and then went... It was scary, though, because I can always remember my first day, because I think I was living in Great Bar then. My first day of going into the jail, the, the kids' jail, because I've been into adult jails loads, in it. Yeah. First day of going to the kids' jail, I said, I got to move out, bro oh why is that? Why, is that why oh okay because I got two sons straight away yeah. I said I've got to move out of Brom why right. because when I seen the way the kids the conditions that the kids are living in not of that not all the kids in there are bad downers think they're bad youths. yeah Not of the kids are good kids and I, yeah. I noticed a lot of them are from inner city environments I'm not yeah. saying one or two ain't yeah I noticed a lot of them are from inner city environments and to me they're all good kids when I go and engage with them it's yeah. scary about how much we're from Brom and London and Manchester the main cities kind of thing
0: when you say the conditions, what, what kind of conditions were
1: Wow well, well especially like for the black kids, if you go in there straight away, no one's got a haircut. Okay. As a basic no one's cleansing us that good. Yeah. You look at the cells, but nothing in their cells. When you see some kids only having a shower once a week, you see enough kids getting bullied, some kids that you think are bad on road getting bullied in there. You see the group assaults, you see kids get carried to hospital. You see all sorts, man, and, and, and it was horrible. Yeah. It's horrible, and I think a lot of the other side of it, this is where I talk about, you know, when you talk about community leaders and all that kind yeah. of stuff, if you see the conditions that these kids live in, then you recognise, you know, what I'm actually doing. It's scary, man.
0: And, and I suppose it's similar to what you say in terms of the culture shock where you when you went to Stoke and, you know, the kids that come from back yeah, different, different, might, different yeah. environment, but going into the prisons, because... Some of these kids, as well, they're coming from the inner city environment. Is there any support inside the prisons for these kids in terms of helping them to? You know, I say in everything, when you talk about supporting people, industry, be the bit of prisons,
1: the probation, it's all theory, is it? Yeah. In theory, we have housing support, in theory, we have education support. There's so many theories with regards to in practice, actually, who's actually helping you move from A to B. Hard anything. That's my personal opinion. Hmm. and I've been in there for time and yeah I think it's poor it is interesting I didn't invite anyone into the prison meet with the youth they will all tell you yeah I know this guy from the road I know this guy and it's, it's mad because when you look at our generation a lot of our generation's kids are in there when you ask them you seen your dad hmm. there's hardly any
0: hardly any yeah Okay.
1: Steve, and it's a shame though because in the jail because I can, I can give you stats in regards to violence in the jails and all sorts because yeah. like, I think last year there was over 3,000 serious assaults in the, in the prison in the, jail, in the prison it's deep man I, and I remember a kid
0: got put in a coma over this couple words is that the frustration that's in there or is it just the conflicts between you can't, the individuals you
1: know what some kids go in there and they get on with it and they leave they're yeah. fine but a lot of kids go in there and they're because they don't know themselves, they get yeah. caught up in certain behaviours, isn't it? Yeah. You can tell a youth that's new, then you can tell a youth that's been there for a while. Because the new youth come in a certain way, but within a week, it's conformed to the behaviours of the jail. Yeah. And like I said, for me, it's not nice, and then it's hard for them to to maneuver out. You know, you know, like for example, when I spoke to you about the football, and I say, when you finish football, what do I do now? You see, and you're trying to break a cycle of I need to get back to normal.
0: Yeah.
1: That's their reality. Do you see kids going in jail? So like I've been doing seven years, in it? And the yo why Wise. And, and what, I to,
0: what's for those who's listening that may not know what Y-O-Y? What, what's why Young Offenders Institute. Okay. Then I go to the one above like
1: Brinsford and Swimford and all, and all that kind of jails. But even before that, STC, Secure Trading Centres. Yeah. Some kids have been in jail from like 14. What is it? Yeah, there's some sort of... A lot of kids have done their whole childhood inside the jails. And this is where my issue comes up with when... Uh, a lot of people talk about, I do all this for the community and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what about all these kids that are yeah. from the community they just get lost? And when they come out, there's there's not really no support. Mm. It's my personal opinion. If someone shows me something different, there's no support. Say we're in a field of practitioners' progress,
0: service users don't. And moving on to, and I think that's probably why your journey's moved you to the next, well, this stage what yeah. we're in to talk about now. So what what kind of things are you involved in, in now? See, I still manage youth services inside
1: some of the jails but then i also directed to an alternative provision that's a school young people have been removed from mainstream medication for whatever reason and then i'm also directed to a football project and that's again it's more of a community-based project with more
0: of the younger kids into football and stuff like that okay so let's start with the the school so why why did you decide to set that up and you know how how did you go about saying i mean that, that's in stoke isn't it I got approached by someone because I know about the work that
1: I've been doing in the prisons with the kids and they said we've got a lot of kids that sh- they won't access other alternative provisions they won't go into mainstream school and all sorts and they asked me can I set some up and I set something up and then before the building was even ready I got referred some young people Yeah. the young people that I got referred have not been to education for two years
0: Okay.
1: but then if you look at the background their, their history of their life their dads are serving long sentences in jails yeah. Uh, CSC, all that kind of stuff in it, and then we got them engaged, got them attending every day. Before you know it, we referred a lot more
0: kids. Yeah, but to the point where our our, our school's known for
1: having a certain type of young person in it.
0: So what is the school? What, in terms of an alternative provision school, or what do you do? What is it?
1: We uh, informal education in it, yeah. more informal education, but also the hard We work with them around their harsh realities in it. Yeah, we got a lot of kids that are down as they call them gang members and all sorts to me they're not trust me they're not Yeah. but local authority will call them that you got them substance misuse you got uh, some that's been exposed to domestic violence yeah. all that kind of stuff but you can see that they're removed from education in all forms so we, we try and offer more of a wraparound service okay. for example where I've had kids turn up at school with in their sister's clothes as oh. a, as a, for example we go out and buy the kids clothes during the COVID period we've had, we never got money for certain things but we'd make sure all the young people at lunch got breakfast yeah. got dinner we have to drop off certain things we try and put a care provision in place for the young people
0: Yeah, so it's really more than education it's, yeah. it, you look at that individual child and see what they need and try and provide everything 100% yeah. that, that's the way I just look at it as a life thing isn't it? if I was yeah. in that position how, how would I want to be helped you say that it's in Stoke but it's interesting now <laughs> I want to get to why Stoke you know uh, did you not try and do something
1: see I used to do when, when I don't get the gang mediation I was in Brom I used yeah. to do a lot of like family intervention in Brom and all that kind of stuff but that was all working for organisations when it come to setting up yeah. myself and delivering in Brom because I've always had a finger in regards to I always say I got loyalty to my environment my environment is where I'm from in it, and I've always wanted to, to, to give to where I'm from as yeah. to when I would on the youth work back then, I helped set up football projects and all sorts and creative projects in Brom That was okay. when I was working as a youth worker. Yeah. When it comes to setting up for myself and approaching individuals and trying to work with individuals, it's almost like there's too many, too much politics yeah, and too many barriers involved. So I've, I made a conscious decision of, you know what, let me go elsewhere. I'm going to show people what I can actually do, yeah. get some outcomes, some, some quality outcomes as well. Not only that, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an income generate, so I don't have to ask no one for nothing, can it? Yeah. So you now if I come back to Brum now and say, you know, I'm going to set up a school, I've got the money myself to uh, pay for the for the building and then go from there because,
0: yeah, I think there's too much politics in Brum. But, um, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what kind of politics, because I'm someone from outside of that yeah, yeah. environment, so I, I don't know what. when it, For example, you know, when I speak about
1: like helping kids and stuff like that, I don't think you should have to get paid to help someone.
0: Okay. See, like, even
1: though I'm not set so up nothing in Brom, I still engage with a lot of kids in Brom. You know, yeah. a lot of kids that leave the jails. Yeah. Trust me, I'm engaged with a lot of them that are from Brom. They okay. can phone me anytime. If they need anything, I will help them. Yeah, when you talk about from a local authority or a contract and all that kind of stuff, a lot of the stuff is who you know and who you're friends with, and they will push money your way. And not only that, let's say you've, yeah, some people, if you're engaged with the same young people, they see it as, without like putting words, it's competition, in it? Okay. Rather than we're here for the needs of the young person. For example, now I gave you a, a, an example, I think I'll say it here now. When I went to set up an alternative provision in Brom, I yeah. spoke to a few schools, told them about what I do. And they were more than interested. I thought, yeah, I can I can set some up, go into schools, whatever. Yeah. And they told me, you got to go through this individual. I thought, cool. I phoned that individual, told him everything I want to do. He said, yeah, but I've got to get a cut of everything oh so is that away, where you say yeah, get, one,
0: everyone wants to get paid yeah,
1: yeah he's straight away but he's not doing nothing yeah. he just wants to be the referral system for you he gets paid per yeah. young person for doing yeah. you'll find set up as a community interest company I could have set up as a limited company as a limited company I look after the money whatever I want to do yeah. as a community interest yeah. it's more vetted so okay. So anything that comes in goes back into the community
0: so you can see my interests are genuine Yeah. And so when you speak to a lot of people it's all about what can they get out of it and it's a shame still, because listening to your journey, especially growing up in inner city, something like the service that you've set up in Stoke would definitely be, you know, beneficial in inner city and and probably you'd be a perfect person to, to, it, to spearhead that. Because if you come into, like I said, if you come into the jails
1: with the kids, they're the same kind of kids. They still have to access education when they go into the prisons. But when they go into the prison, for example, in the Young Offenders Estates... They have three hours of education in the morning, three hours of education in the afternoon. Is that right? in the prison? In the prison. Okay. And it's the same kids that you would have had in the alternative provision. If you check the behaviours when they're with the teachers and et cetera, as to when we're with myself, yeah. some other practitioners like people like can call out Nick Crossfield and Nick. Jermaine Bennett. These Are those guys from, Burme- yeah, Lincoln, from Bur- Birmingham. Yeah, they're from Birmingham. They don't work with me in the prisons. Yeah. And I see how the young people relate and work with them. And you know when I said there's over like 3,000 or a big number of incidents in the prisons. If I, if I check that against the number of incidents that have took place when in sessions with myself, Jermaine, Nick, yeah. over a seven year period, it's been zero. So when you break down, can these guys engage with these kids? Yes. Yeah. Are we engage with them for constructive reasons. Yes. Cause we've got them in education settings. Yeah. Do we engage with them when they leave the prison? Yes, we do. Yeah. And that's not for a job. We engage with
0: them out of our own time. Cause there's a passion, yeah, passion there. Got to. And community leaders. Commissioners, if you're listening to this, I think you need to contact this guy because, you know, you, you, you've you got the blueprint and the template to bring it to... Before we even touch on that, though, because there's buildings, you got Muhammad Ali... Is it Muhammad Ali Centre? I remember that. Well, I, I lived on Abbott's Wade across the road from it. That's been closed for years. Well,
1: oh, you know, I've approached many... It's just, you get black, left, right and centre. Personally, yeah, you get black, left, right and centre. If you go to conferences, you see the same people talking at conferences. There's yeah. so many gatekeepers to so many things that will block. Yeah. But I don't think, you know what, can
0: they actually work? Because something like that school you're talking about in Stoke, the Muhammad Ali Center will be perfect. It's a big enough building. Yeah. You can have the schools in there, some music facilities, you know, dance or what, whatever facility, you can build it, I see in loads. in there. You've got that facility I've seen over Hockleyport. Remember Huckley
1: Port back in the day that used to be yeah by all Saints all them kind of oh places. yes the, those places, them places? Yeah. there's so many buildings that they can utilize but because there's one
0: down is it Hampstead Hampstead um Hampstead Road Hampstead Road there's yeah. a building there as well they, and you don't, see,
1: they, nothing don't really see nothing going on I don't really yeah.
0: see nothing going on I drive past there regular and I it's but this qu- what I mean think of this I know these things and I don't work in bro yeah. I'm still actively pursuing trying to do something for the for the environment what are the blockages What in terms of trying to get these buildings you know what
1: is? some people's names will be on leases oh. or they might know the landlord or council that want to free up something and sometimes it's it's not until you're out there speaking on I don't know because my face ain't all over the media and all that kind of yeah. stuff yeah. so sometimes yeah some people don't yeah acknowledge but at the same time it shouldn't be like that you can't just go
0: for the popular vote or someone mm-hmm. that looks good yeah. in theory, rather than someone that can actually do the work. Okay. You mentioned COVID as well. 2020 was a, 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 a kind of like a bad year yeah. for, for everyone. But how did that, how did COVID impact on your, your your services then? In regards to our school, it never
1: closed. Okay. We stayed open, we stayed open over the school holiday period as well. But that was more, we could have closed, but we chose to open. Yeah, and Local authorities supported it because of the type of young people that we have. So mm. we, we made sure we stayed open for okay. many reasons. But not only that, we, we also run a mother's group for mothers that are uh, impacted through gangs and youth violence for the young people, for is, their kids and is, stuff.
0: Is this all Stoke this as is well? Stoke. Yeah. Stoke. But
1: recently, I know I said about Brum, I've just set up with a colleague of mine, Yasmin, Yeah. Uh, called I Am My Sister. This is more about supporting the black uh, woman because we feel the black woman's visible in society right now mm. and they go through a lot. So we've put something in Brum that's yeah, just said though.
0: And what's that? What's what's that for? What
1: that's about? It's about the black woman. Yeah, and and her journey and what she's gone through and what she goes through. Cause and my role within that is more of a supporting role, rather than leading. Cause it's more about the woman helping the woman, but with my support and, and we can
0: get funding or whatever else we're going to explore that stuff. And is that kind of like some all women, uh, black women can just join the yeah, group they can and. Join. And com- discuss topics. And- yeah, currently we have a Zoom meeting every other Saturday. Okay. And that,
1: and that happens, yeah. So, and and that's Birmingham-based? Yeah, that's Birmingham. It's for Birmingham women right now. Yeah. We've had a lot of interest from women outside of the city as well, so we're going to yeah. try and get
0: like a little hub in every city and see if we can bring them together. So, from kind of like your take then in terms of the school that you're providing and your experience of the youth work, working in the prisons what would you like to see happen moving forward? I think a lot more practitioners need to be held accountable that's my
1: personal opinion without trying to put pressure on no one because I feel like everybody has their own motivation and reason for doing the work, I only say it because I see the conditions that the kids are living in I see when I go to jails even out of jails up in Kent in mean, cooking wood felt them. I see kids that are like 15 serving 22 years 20 years and all yeah. that kind of stuff you look at the harsh realities that these kids are actually living with yeah. and their lack of support I see kids that are in jail for years don't get no visits surviving on that £4 a week money just about to get some canteen food mm. I see kids that can't even come out their cell because the whole the wing around to them and all that kind of stuff yeah. but then I see practitioners living a great life so when I think yeah. about it how does that make sense? Because doesn't balance. Doesn't balance. Doesn't balance, doesn't, yeah. doesn't balance. And then when I see kids come out, it's like who's helping them, and it's it's scary, man. It's scary because the reality of the kids, and it's easy for everyone to say you that should stop doing this, stop doing this. But their realities are different, man. It's not just what I say to the jails when they're with me in a class, it's fine. Yeah, because they feel safe. But when they go back on the wing, it's a different reality. It's different pressure. Mm. But Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's People only want to talk about success and what they... Like, they only talk about I'm doing this or I'm doing
0: this. But what are the realities of the kids? And it's some... I, I, I heard this somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was um, someone on that TV said it. If... Did he say now? He said, oh, he said, if you don't show me the way, don't blame me for being lost. Simple. And it's it's something... Simple Similar that, to man. what you're saying, really. 100%, man. Yeah,
1: like I said, man, enough enough workers are come and tell you something, but they ain't gonna show you something. They, yeah, you know, for example, if if a kid approached me, I said, you know what, D, how do I set up a school? I'm gonna give you everything to show you. Yeah, some people ain't gonna do that for you, man.
0: That's the thing, because I've contacted you a few times for um, certain things, and you just freely it's a, just provide the information. Not a lot of people are like that this. Is what
1: mean. I say. It's not about me, and if you, and, and if you talk about are you, genuinely about your environment, yeah, you should be able to open for everybody innit it and I, I don't see how people ain't willing to be that yeah.
0: So, yeah, we only got one life man I'll be willing to help if you're not that's on you man. definitely interesting journey someone growing up in the inner city Huckley and signing a pro football deal and um, coming back to the community and then setting up your own uh, working with the gangs and then setting up your own alternative providing school it's definitely interesting journey and inspiring for people as well to to see that there is other ways of um, you know you can come from an environment but you still can make it depending on the decisions and the, um, the yeah, people definitely, man. you surround with so if anyone wanted to contact you or if anyone wanted to get involved with the school is yeah. there any contact details I'm saying money yeah yeah if yeah, you want got to got an email address of wanttoachieve outlook okay okay that's, that's how they got. go is, is, that a, is that the football academy? Or that's, is that... the, that's the school. Okay. And the football one's academy club. And academy club one at Hartmill. And with the academy club, what do you do there? What's the age group? That's and... more of
1: the younger ones, but we're hoping to have, yeah, we've, we've got from like under 11s to yeah. under 7s, where yeah. we do a lot of one-to-one coaching and uh, group group sessions, but we're hoping over the next year to open up to more age groups. Yeah. Because we do a lot of one-to-ones. some Some young kids are play for pro clubs and all sorts yeah. so do one-to-ones with them as well so
0: yeah and it's interesting that you signed your deal for is it Port yeah, yeah. and then now your office is up yeah I've that got, side as yeah, right? yeah I've got an office in Port Vale as well because to yeah. be fair
1: even though my experience is this is where I talk about football change when I was 16 my experience of Port Vale was I don't like it Okay. But now as an adult being up there and I've seen how things are different yeah. they're very supportive towards me
0: Yeah. even
1: without me knowing that even a lot of them even though I played there before now I've got office space up there they allow us to utilise one of their classrooms where we get young people in there Then yeah. also some of their coaches do football sessions with some of our kids one to one and all sorts yeah. so yeah for me right now they've been great they've been great with me right now look at it now it's under different ownership different management different yeah. kind of players one of their players uh, he helps us a lot a guy called Monty he does a lot of stuff with us and all sorts as I say yeah,
0: times have changed man times have changed thank you for um you know coming up here and having this discussion it was definitely enlightening for me getting to know the journey and it's give me a different perspective on especially football i just thought that was something easy to get to you know get what, involved Remember,
1: in. i was at the bottom end of football and and even people talk about the guys that are making money imagine contracts just finished yeah you're trying to maintain a life it's deep man
0: you can yeah. lose everything overnight man sounds it Sounds but it sounds like that you met the right person at the right time, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but also I look at my environment. Man, I, I'm, yeah. I'm lucky, man, because you look at the environment and you got a lot of guys that serving big jail sentences, horrible yeah. jail sentences. Yeah. So even if yeah, I never made nothing of myself, I'd rather be in my position than some other
0: guys as simple as that, man. And before we go, is there any what's the future plans? Is there any plans to bring that template to to oh. Birmingham, and... Yeah, that's the plan, man. I, I
1: gotta, I gotta set some up in Brom. Yeah. I'm also trying to look at some stuff around setting up housing and homes for young people and all sorts. Yeah, put some applications in, so I'm waiting to hear back from that. But yeah, yeah definitely gotta come back and yeah. put something in Brom, hundred percent, man, with or without local authorities' approval.
0: Bro, well, if this platform can help you, put some pressure on. Hopefully, you know hopefully. some of the commissioners and so forth. Once it grows, hopefully we can we can help you in that yes, direction. Have to have a take two and see where I'm at. Man. Take two, man. Take two. Daniel, thanks for coming off.